Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and it's my mission to help you make the best financial decisions because money is a tool, life is for living. But first, a couple of words for me. If you don't know already, I have a new monthly magazine, which is now out. You can go and join that magazine subscription list. It is free at theconvo.io. That's theconvo.io. Also, if you're completely unaware, I also have a Discord group, which I would love for you to join. It's going to be a small community where I can take questions from you, where we can build a deeper relationship. There will be a link to that in the show notes. Right, welcome back, everybody. It's a Monday. It's another episode of the podcast. I'm really excited about this one, by the way, um, because I have a guest on today who is in the same kind of like field as I am on on YouTube. And actually, I researched her channel quite a bit before I even began my journey on YouTube myself. Um, and we've had like messages here and there on Instagram, and we've spoken a couple of times in like forums. But this is the first time we're actually having a conversation about. Um, her journey specifically, which is what I want to highlight today, because on the podcast, obviously the motto is money is a tool, life is for living. So on the opposite side of life is for living, it's all about money playing a key role into that. And her journey is actually very, very interesting in terms of she's moved from a full-time job into being a full-time content creator, but did it methodically. And I think this is very, very important for everyone at the moment. We seem to be in this environment where we have this mass exodus after the pandemic where people want to go and pursue their ambitions, their aspirations, and they're leaving full-time jobs. And I think this conversation will kind of hopefully give you some things to think about in your transition to do it systematically and maybe not do what I did where I didn't have a choice and had to go feet first, that huge, huge risk. I'm lucky it's paid off, but it's been extremely hard to do. It's taken a lot of hours and a lot of self-discipline and if I'm honest, I don't think I got it 100% right, but I'm thankful for where I am. So I have to introduce, and it's my pleasure to introduce Jen Momofurfa. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really, really, really am excited to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. What a build-up as well. I've got to live up to that. It's <laughs> all deserved. Honestly, the honour's mine. No, <laughs> seriously. And I, I've said this before. Um and I've said this in a couple of videos and stuff, like I spent maybe, the, I should have started YouTube five years earlier than I did. And I didn't because wow. number one, the job wouldn't allow me because I was worried about, well, if I mm. go start talking about investing, I was working for investment houses at the time, they wouldn't like it, compliance, all that kind of stuff. And when I finally decided to take the bullet and it was the back end of 2019, maybe that summer, that August, September, I was like, okay, let's just see what everyone's doing on YouTube, if there's anybody in the space. And your channel really stuck out from that point of view of being very down to earth, talking about things from like a real human point of view. And as I've jumped into it now, I realized that that is a very, very unique quality because there's not a lot of people who talk about investing and money online from a human place, like for, based from family, values, those kind of things. There's a lot of hyperbole about investing, 10x this, 100x mm. this, you'll be a millionaire, all that kind of stuff. But you kind of, you anchor it in, in values. And I, I'm interested to get into your journey. So can you just do a brief introduction just for people who may not have heard about you? I'm sure that people have, but can you just do a brief introduction, please? 
Of course. Thank you for that. Um, yes, yeah, so my name is Jennifer Kempson. I have a channel on YouTube. I started in 2018, March 2018. So I'm coming up to my fourth year on YouTube and it's called Mama Furfur. I can tell you where the name came from, but we'll save that for another episode, no doubt. Um, so really, I became a YouTuber, if you like, because I was learning how to pay off debt. My husband and I had £24,000 worth of consumer debt on credit cards and loans. And I started reading every finance book I could get a hold of and every blog. And I just felt there was no UK voices that I could see or relate to. And so in that moment, I thought, oh, I've been a salesperson all my life, all my career. I can pick up a camera. No fear at all. And I just did that. And and really back in 2018, there was perhaps maybe about five or six UK-based people. And I have to say, I think I was probably one of only a one or two females like they really didn't feel that spread in any way so yeah I started then and then in 2021 last year January I left my day job because of the business and incomes that we built up not just YouTube we have a podcast I'm an author I'm an educator like you as well so um, and my husband's retired as well a couple of years so um, we're based in Glasgow up here, hence the accent. And so for us, I feel like I've been led very beautifully into a life that is just completely fulfilling me. I feel like the gifts and talents I've got um, are being used. And I, I just love helping people. I just really love helping and educating people. That's that's one of the things that come across that comes across in your videos and everything that you do. And I think oh. that is something that people I always talk about, people ask me a question, you know, how have you got on with YouTube? And I guess one of my biggest fears starting out, and I don't know whether you felt this as well was, I was worried about picking up a camera because I didn't, I wasn't too sure how people were going to receive me. And I was like, right. you, I don't know what, if it was true for you, but I almost felt as though, right, if I put on a camera, I've got to, I've got to be a certain way in order to appeal <laughs> to certain people. And in the end, it, it, I was so stressed out that I was like, I, I have to be myself and just try to be mm. as natural as possible. And hopefully people would kind of gravitate towards me based on that and based yes, on what exactly. I was saying. And that comes across mm. abundantly in your on your channel. Oh, well, I think I was the same age. I wasn't scared because, as I say, I've always been a sales person. I've always managed been in front of customers. So actually I found the speaking in front of a camera really natural. I think that was actually the gift that was given to mm -hmm. me. And I suppose at the end, at the start of my journey, it was, it was still the same love for doing it. I wasn't looking to make a million pounds or <laughs> replace my day job. It really just came from a fact that I, I felt called. I felt like this was just something fun to do. And I think that's still been, you know, there definitely as a creator, the journey, you can have times where you love it. You can have times where you're like, oh, I don't yeah. want a film to do. I don't, well, I don't know about you. I have to put on makeup and do my hair and everything. Yeah, I have you to do my hair and everything like that as well. Some days I just don't want to do it. <laughs> but yeah. Right. But there's effort. And also, I think people who are watching YouTube maybe don't appreciate the back end as well. So me, in my skill set, it takes me maybe four or five hours to script, to research, to do everything for a video and then record. And then you've got post. And sometimes it can feel like a hard graft. But to answer your question, did, was I worried? I, I kind of had naivety that I wasn't worried because I didn't think anyone would watch. But the world seemed to just pick up a couple of videos. It just seemed to blossom. And I think I kind of call myself quite an average YouTuber. I haven't had any viral hits. I haven't had any, you know, sudden million view videos. 
it's just been consistently turning up and just enjoying the process of the ups and the downs really yeah so you you've already alluded to a little bit there that you obviously had a full-time job you transitioned into mm. that you were going through obviously debt repayment that kind of stuff there weren't too many other uk creators at the time when you started this were there any other kind of main factors or reasons that kind of made you think actually you know what i want to go at this alone when you got to the point where actually you could do that from a financial fiscal like day-to-day life point of view well that's interesting i think for me the key moment was probably in 2019 or 2020 actually during the pandemic where the first month where you know incomes are coming in and that's the first beautiful moment as a side hustle or a you know whatever extra thing on the side from a day job when you make a pound or you make 10 pounds you make, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, this could actually be an income <laughs> yeah. this could actually be rewarded and over time again as it was in my case the first month where it basically equaled or bettered my day job all the income sources um, and I really focused on passive and semi-passive in our in our design because I was very aware that time was my most precious asset. We've got two young boys. We want to travel. I want to kind of be in charge of my schedule. And so that month, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, you know, something's really aligning here where actually the, the time that I do my day job, although I love it, I also feel like this could be something that sustains me. And it was really, if I'm being honest, 2020, I think it was the July or August, by the January 2021, it was just exponential. And that was the beautiful thing as well. Our journey, it felt like very modest. It's kind of like investing, very modest. And then it just started to open up. And so that was that was the, the flip for me where it was like, well, and you talked about, you know, you've been in the thrown in the deep end. I had that moment of the Christmas of 2020 to 21 where I kind of opened my heart and I, I'm a person of faith. So I kind of said, you know, God, if this is meant to be for me, can you just, I'm going to take a gamble. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. going to take a risk. I'm going to go all in. And I then, you know, I had been working in this company that I had for 11 years. So it was, a, you know, I knew what I was doing well paid and it was on my heart during that Christmas period that it was time and I was just going to make the, ju- the jump <laughs> and I was scared like trust me I've had jobs all my career mm-hmm. from university I know what I'm doing but I kind of had that assurance it was like it's now or never like now's the time to taste it so it was just a beautiful kind of setup and then like I just I had to I just had to rip off and scratch the itch yeah I wonder I mean because obviously you got I you've got family I haven't got family so it's just me and my partner so I don't have kids or anything like that and I found that the making the jump, I was lucky I had an, I had a, an emergency fund, but then mm. halfway through it, I was like, I started to look at my finances and there was this one thing that I kept paying for every single month and it was a stupid purchase from previous years. And I was like, yeah. I need to get rid of this. It was my only bit of debt, but it took a large sum of cash for me to clear it. And when I was sitting mm. there thinking, ah, I've got, I've got, I want to, I've got to pay this off because I need it in hindsight. And actually it saved me so much money because I used to travel quite a bit, allocated the money. But the big fear for me was, okay, so I'm doing this now. I've got to try and make sure that this is sustainable. I've cut back all everything that I can to be on a skeleton budget from yeah, a yeah. point of view. For you though, because you've got family, 
were you worried from a financial point of view or did you have that kind of like you had certain things in place to kind of you know give you that foundation that's a great question so what happened between that space of like august 2022 when i left my day job 2021 we're talking four or five months at the most our business seemed to create this buffer very quickly that actually we are still that buffer keeps going up we've never had to dip into it, and we've probably got multiple years of being looked after in that buffer and that was again another kind of just it felt like okay well actually you've given me roots to support my family plus there's overflow plus like i could i could stop doing what i'm doing just now and would figure it out another key thing i haven't mentioned it was so in 2019 in february i had a mental breakdown so i was actually you did a video on that weeks. and i thought that was really, really brave of you to do a video on that because and i that was what we do. i watched it and i was like Okay, because I think sometimes people people think about money and it's really, really important. But mm. it's, well, if you're doing all of this work for this money and it doesn't help you in moments like that, what mm. difference does it make? And how important exactly. is it that you need to prioritize things like your mental health and your health in general over getting money? Exactly. And that's what the lesson, again, life gives you these lessons. So being sectioned for those three weeks that was a, a time period that you know i had never suffered in that way before i've never suffered since but my husband he was working full time he didn't know if his wife was coming back like there's no guarantees when these things happen and um, you've really got to rebuild your whole ethos and how you work and interact with the world and so we made the decision when i came out of hospital youtube wasn't making serious money for for us at all and we said to each other right it's going to be tough but one of us were going to stop working and look after our boys in balance life. So my husband actually gave up his corporate job then. So I think because of life had taught us about just being totally dependent on we'll be, about, my granny taught me this phrase, maybe your grandma, she always said to me, you'll be looked after. And I can always, you know how that kind of old mm -hmm. school, just, yes, we're good. Yeah. And so I always had that. I was like, you know what? The balance sheet says it's just going to be tight while you go, you know, stop working. But I just, I've always had this built-in hope. We'll be fine. We'll figure it out. We'll be looked after. Um, and so from then, it was a good year, year and a half before I left my job. But I feel like that was almost the, the fundamentals about money and its place in our world had been really shifted. It wasn't about needing to have the largest income, which is lovely. You can do great things with it. It was more actually wanting to be with my boys, wanting to have freedom, wanting to have balance. So it's funny in my case, well, I say funny, it's all perfectly aligned, but you know, we've all had these setups. Actually, the foundations are there before you realize that. Yeah. You make some really good points there. Um, I, maybe I just want to kind of elaborate on one just to get your thoughts. You're on YouTube, you're on social media, and I'm sure you see the, almost it feels like the trend. And I get the reasons why behind it. I mean, the fact is, increasing house prices, inflation going crazy stagnant mm. wages, really, really low interest rates. I think we're in a place where it's natural, where people are currently looking at what is the thing that they can go to that can help them grow their money and make their money go further. And I think that's right, a natural yes. place for people to be. However, yeah. I think that within that, there is this, um, this thing on social media where it is required that you have to be rich, that you have to be a millionaire. And I don't necessarily think that's true because when I speak to people, I'm like, mm. okay, so what, what, why do you want to invest? What's your goal behind it? A lot of the time it's a monetary thing. 
But when yes. you start drilling yeah. down and being like, okay, why? Why, 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 why? There is no, in most cases, tangible answer. And when you do get mm. around to the why, you actually then find out and say, actually, you were thinking of having, you know, you wanted a million quid or 800,000. You don't actually need 800,000. What you yes, want yes. actually for the goals and your to, to really achieve your why, what you need is actually far, far less than that. It's £40,000 for a deposit, for a house, for yes, example. exactly. How yeah. do you feel about that equation of this sentiment that on social media is about rich, rich, money, money, money? You've t- spoken a lot about values and what's important. How important is that message? Oh, it's huge. And I, I think anyone who watches my channel or listens to her podcast, they hear that. I challenge people. I, I did a video a couple of months back about financial independence and actually flipping the script and saying, I think you're being misled. I think actually there's a bigger picture. That So the way I see it is money, as you say, is just a tool. That's why I always say we assign emotions to money because it's usually that we give the control to money in our life. We make money almost the God that tells us what we can and cannot do. And I flip the script and say, well, actually, don't just tell, don't just assign that emotion or that thing for someday in the future. What do you want to create now? And then how do we make that happen? Because I actually believe that the money appears when you give it value in your life. So um, a great thing to do is actually to sit down, like you said, and design what you want out of life. Like for the first time, say, well, actually... I'd like to live in a comfortable home, but I want just time. I want to work part-time. I want to write that book. I want to do this. Start to actually name, claim, and receive it. You know, decide what you want. And then do the, the research. Go and find out, well, how much does that actually cost? Oh, you know, that'll never happen. I'm not going to... No, how much does it actually cost then? What do you need to make? And I think the world is very subtle in that they will say to you, we all have these dreams and goals as children. You know, you want to be an astronaut, you want to be a painter. And the world subtly goes, no, 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 you're not good enough. No, 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 you can't have that. We're too poor. We're the, all this subliminal kind of messaging. And actually, it's kind of re-wakening up to that childlike quality and going, no, wait a minute, actually, I can make this stuff happen. And I would really be honest with you, Pete, and say that, from being aware of using money as a tool, exactly what you said, it's probably been a journey of five, six years at the most where our life has completely got everything we asked for and more. And actually, we've been given the methods of how it happened are far better than mm. I picked. You know, mm. when we try and control the world, and because one of my goals at the start was to be financially independent, I knew the amount of money, I knew how much I wanted to invest. And what's actually happened is the the world has given me a way to serve others. So it wasn't just about having this massive pile of savings. It was actually about how are you adding value in the world, you know, that we get there. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's huge. And, and I think you get that vibe from my husband and I when we chat on the podcast and things. It's just everything to us, really. Yeah. You've spoken to a couple of things there, mentality and planning. Because mm. mentality is really, really important. I mean, I share on my, on my journey often that, you know, my, my background is I come from a dirt poor pa- background. My parents yes, had yes. no money. And it's funny how, you know, the innocence and the inquisitiveness and that clean slate that you have when you're a child where you, you don't just accept things and accept the way the world tells you you should be. Yes. And yeah. unfortunately, as I grew up, 
because we didn't have any money, when I got into an environment where I was making really good money in Canary Wharf, I then subscribed to the things that the world was telling me I should be doing now that I'm, I'm okay. in that yeah. environment where I'm making a lot of money. So it's taken me, again, a moment or moments of realization, epiphanies to be like, hang on a second, what you're doing here is just absolutely nonsensical. And that whole <laughs> money is a tool thing, thinking about it, like most people, and I say this all the time, most people go to work, they don't really enjoy their work anyway. No. And then yeah. because there isn't the plan or the, men the mentality around the finances, there isn't any particular way of planning to ensure that they can use the money that they earn in this place that they don't like to move them out of the cycle of that job that they don't like into something that they're able to do and they enjoy doing. And that's something mm. that you've been able to do, but you've planned and you've been systematic around it. What were your metrics in terms of deciding? You already alluded to it that you wanted to make sure you replaced your monthly income. But yes, over that yeah. period of time, did you have milestones? Did you have any specific metrics that you kind of said, if I can get here, then here, then here, then I know that it's going to be a thing? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't recall breaking down any specific ones. I do recall that at the start of my journey, you know, talking about financial independence, the metric of how much a month was like an autopilot. And it was very, you know, I did the same as you, actually. I, we created a lean budget. I knew exactly how much we needed to pay, just the mortgage. We're up in Scotland, so things are much cheaper than down south. But, you know, I, I knew the number. And actually, when that started to open up really quickly towards getting towards my monthly, you know, wage, I am very similar to that. I think it was then the, you know, the clogs start ticking around. You go, well, actually, this is getting there. All the other metrics that I kind of thought at the start, I'll be very honest, they kind of disappeared. Like the true one that mattered or that felt wholesome to me was the matching my income because I knew the quality we'd have that quality on. Remember, we were just living on one income, my income. We didn't have my husband's income anymore. So that felt like we could maintain the same standard of living, comfortable. And then for me, I talked about then I ended up the business had this buffer created you know just at, at the most perfect time and again I feel like that was a little metric inside of me that that gave me the extra boost I don't think it was required but I'm thankful <laughs> as well just having you know even maybe three or six months money that meant actually I could do this for a, a good while and figure stuff out that kind of grace period if I needed yeah. yeah I think you've spoken about in a couple of your videos about the fact that it's allowed you to have that balance and I think some mm. of the key things for you was in in your freedom plan is about being able to spend more time with the boys and, and having that, yes. that choice of freedom. For people who are, and we talk about this all the time, and I mentioned this, there's there's this, uh, we romanticize this uh, entrepreneur, business owner, going at it <laughs> on your own. Um, and I'll tell you what, like, it's so hard. It's really, really hard. And I've said to people, like, you're going to trade a nine to five for, like, probably 12 hour, 14 hour, 15 hour days. If you yeah. had someone in front of you who is thinking about maybe starting a YouTube channel, I've had so many of my people that I do coaching who <laughs> be like, I'm, I want to start a YouTube channel. I'm like, okay, cool. So here are the things you need to you know. Ready? Yeah, but if you had someone like that in front of you, what would be your kind of like mm. key points of like advice to give them? Because mm. I think okay. the motivations for doing it are really, really important. And sometimes the motivations <laughs> are wrong for most people. Okay, that's a great question as well. Um, for me, 
I kind of very much stayed true to the time freedom piece. So actually, I think I was given the blessing again of having very strong mindset. I, I don't know if you can tell I'm quite strong and stubborn sometimes, but um, I just knew the criteria for how life I wanted it to be. And that involved a lot of choice and freedom. I didn't, I didn't want another nine to five job. And so, yes, the commitments I have is like making videos and podcasts and editing and, you know, that, but I'm very flexible about when I can do it. Like right now, it's, you know, the boys are at school. I'm good. I'm comfortable to do things. And I think every choice I make to add into my schedule to give up my time, I then kind of make that, that alignment of is this actually worth giving up my most precious, precious asset, my time, regardless of the money that's involved, I want to do it or not. And so in terms of the entrepreneur lifestyle, I will go with the guidance that was based on my needs. And that was, I don't add anything else. I don't really commission any projects or work on anything. If I feel that the time involved isn't worth its value, or, you know, if I'm, I'm very much, I love, you know, one-off creations or things that I can then in like books and courses or digital. I like things I can create and then pass pass on and, re, you know, reuse or add value. So anything where I'm at giving up my time, very strict on. And that's what I usually say to other creators or other business owners. I say, actually, focus on creating as much freedom and flexibility don't give away all your time because that's actually the asset you want, you know, and there will be some things that do require your time, but make sure that those are absolutely where the value is in your business. I find that a lot of entrepreneurs find it very, very difficult to price themselves when they have to give up their time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I struggle yes. with that. I probably still don't <laughs> charge as much as I should for some of the things that I do okay. anyway. But I think for me, I enjoy most of the things that I do. So it's, I've got to give up time, but I enjoy it. It's not like I've got to do it and I absolutely detest it. Mm. Do you have any tips for entrepreneurs who, when it comes to the fact that they've got to give up time, pricing themselves right? Because I, I had a call with someone the other day and I said, what's your daily rate? And, I, and she told me the daily rate. And I was like, what? It's, it's a few hundred <laughs> pounds. And I was like, hang on a right. second. Like, what's the average for your industry? And it's like, well, we don't really speak about it. And I'm like, well, you need to mm. consider what that means after you paid expenses, your taxes, yes. all that kind of stuff. Have you got any tips for people in terms of setting their price and maybe some things that have worked for you? Um, so I'm, I don't really do that much activities where people are paying for my time. I, my kind of content is actually more 95% free. Mm -hmm. I've kind of wanted to go down that avenue. The thing from the word go, I always decided that I was going to give the right value for my time. So almost like whatever my comfort zone was or what I thought was worth, I was going to add more because I knew then there would be taxes and everything. And I also didn't ask other people's opinion. Mm. <laughs> I just went, was, what is my gut feeling about the value? And I think it's, it's very clear when you're trying to price yourself, don't just go on the wage that you've had right now. You've got to think about the lifetime of the business or creation. So let's go with YouTube. If I'm pricing anything, let's say if it's a sponsorship or, or you know, somebody's asked me to work on a project, it's not just about that time and moment right then. It's about it, this thing could always be on my channel for 100,000 yeah. years or whatever, right? And it's also that asset could be that, that company's and that's going to be worth you know, multiples of, of their time and revenue. So it's a, it's a very delicate balance. I've always priced myself 
so that all of our needs in my house were looked after. If that was a thing I had to give up my time for. But I can't really stress, Pete, like I, I felt it on my heart this year, especially that I want my content to not have a price, but more the world will look after us, you know, if we're doing yeah. kind of good. But I totally, like, I know that people do rely on sponsorships and paid things. I'm just, it's very, very rare that I do them. But that was always my metric whenever I did. Yeah. You also have the Prosperity podcast as well, which yes. is your podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, that's super fun. So, yeah, in April 2020, in the middle of lockdown at the start, um, my husband and I decided we'd just start a weekly podcast talking about prosperity and mindset and just some of the more lifestyle aspects of what we believed in and loved. Because um, my YouTube channel is like you, it's money, it's investing, it's entrepreneurship. It's quite serious and very practical and I wanted to show some of the topics that meant the most to my journey with money and life design really in the past years so yeah we've been doing that for nearly two years we've got a video version as well on the, the Mama Farfer channel and it really it's the most wonderful tool to, to kind of people hear different conversations again and I don't feel like there's a lot of podcasts similar to us with our dynamic a husband wife and yeah so it's just it's really super fun once a week we talk about you name it everything from money to prosperity to today's one is all about being better or better so you know actually how are you progressing from trauma and you know mm -hmm. there's so many different conversations it's really wonderful yeah the thing i like i like about some of the stuff you got in there is like there's some elements of you know personal development and just being introspective around the just mm. general I guess values and your core values what really tick makes you tick internally I think we often mm. miss a lot of that sometimes there's a lot of um outwardly uh bravado and we don't want to <laughs> focus on what's what's really 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 important in life and I think there needs yes. to be a bit more of a balance around that type of stuff certainly in you know the money and investing type of space as well Mm. And I think what you money is a tool. It's one of the resources along with your energy and time. But money is hugely spiritual, and actually, it's both practical and spiritual. And I think a lot of people will teach the practical elements, but they won't actually teach people the mindset and the spiritual elements of it. And I think that's kind of what's missing is that balance. The, the the thing to kind of look at, well, actually, your emotions, how you believe and think about money or anything you do, we create what we experience in life. You know, if you feel that regardless of if you earn £100,000 or ten, that money's never available, you're, you're just poor, you don't deserve anything, you know, you've got to hustle, you've got to work hard, you're just going to keep repeating that pattern regardless of what you earn. So I'd, I'd like to think, it's very much a, a, a kind of balance. And my hope is always that it's, it's healing, it's restoring, and it's transforming people. Well, certainly I know I am being having the conversation. So I'm always hopeful that there's just one other person that there's a ripple effect there as well. Absolutely. So I know that you're a money person like myself creating content online. So 2022, yes. what would be your top <laughs> three money tips for people? 
Well, invest in NFTs. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. That's <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that in there. Um, my top money tips. Okay, this is great, this one. Um, I would love to see people, and myself included, I'm going to focus on making sure I get value with everything that I'm using my money for. So really focusing on, am I getting investment? And I don't just mean investing in the stock market. I mean, where's every pound going? Is this investing in my health? You know, am I buying the best food I can? Am I, you know, am I paying for a gym membership or going out walking? Every single pound I want to feel more accountable for. Um, and I think that will open up. Um, certainly my second thing that I'm going to focus on, I'd really encourage others is have habits and the, the, the real deep mindset within your spending as well. So I talk a lot about, you know, habits such as giving. So I would call it a tithe. But just giving a portion of your money away every single time you get paid. I'm going to be honest. I think that was one of the things that changed our heart and just mm. saw us completely, you know, it really take off. Because it wasn't until I understood the principle of giving and actually being okay with giving away my money, our money. Can you hear the language even? It's mm -hmm. my money. It's not really. I'm getting commission on 90%. But, you know, it's the fact that we can send, like, know that we are good and we're looked after, and then actually here's 10% to go and help that charity, that church, that organization. We're going to do ripple effect. Um, and in the past year, my husband and I, you know, through our business, through our personal, we were able to take, I think it was six people off the streets, this one particular thing that we were helping with. And so that's, that's not just our family, that's somebody else. That's a whole family as well. So I'd really encourage people to think about the habits, giving, investing, saving. And I'd really challenge people to think about giving. I can't stress how that, that will change your heart and change your life as well. And then the third thing, oh, the third thing is if you haven't thought about being an investor or investing in your future, the, I would love to see everyone create a multiple income stream in some way this year. Like, so if you're someone who's maybe you're working a day job, I'd love you to think about, you know, what's another way you could get value for what you do in the world. So is there a way you can have a little side hustle, we call it, you know, could mm -hmm. you walk yeah. a dog? Could you babysit? Yeah. Could you tutor? Um, even investing in the stock market is a little passive side hustle, if you like, that'll keep rewarding you over time. Open that pension. I think we're just in a time period I'd love everyone to feel they've got multiple choices in life. So that's my that's my top three there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the on the um, getting multiple streams of income, I think that's certainly with what we've seen with the pandemic. You know, people going on mm -hmm. furlough, people losing jobs. I think people are acutely aware of the fact that you just can't rely on that one yes, stream of yes. income because you, anything can happen from a circumstantial point of view that ends up wiping you out. And it kind of brings to the forefront all of these other financial principles that we talk about. But really, you have to underpin it with trying to see and make sure that you can have other verticals that can potentially Absolutely. provide some support as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's being aware of your potential. So, again, it's mindset. So the moment that, you know, when the first time you get £10 or £5 from YouTube or something, 
I bet it made you realize actually I've got more value or skills in me than I realized. Like there's multiple ways that the world could reward you for what you do. And I think when you work in a day job or, you know, you have an employer, I think you get very boxed in that you think this is the only way you will ever earn money to look after your family. And it's not, it's not the case. You know, money is unlimited. You literally create money in your life. So um, I think that was, again, that little switch for me, just creating one extra income or two or three or whatever. I can definitely concur with that because, you know, it's amazing. It's almost that, it's almost self-validation when you realize, because I remember the first time I monetized, um, I qualified for monetization on the channel. I was like, wow, okay, that's a milestone. (laughs) But then if I fast forward- And you need five pence probably. Yeah, yeah, like three pence or something. But it was still three pence. I was like, oh my God, it's worth it. Like it's three pence. Then all of a sudden the three pence turns into one pound, then it's two pounds, five pounds a day, it's 10 pounds a day. And it's just that rolling thing. But more than anything, it's that validation of hard work mm. and validation in your conviction to take that step in the first place. And yes. to be honest, that is the most important thing because mm. for me, it was the validation of I made the right call. It's working. And then it's just that confidence that it gives you to be able to be like, actually, hang on a second. This is cool. I can make this work. If I can make this work, yes. I can make the next thing work. And if I fast forward to yes. today, some of the opportunities that have come my way as a result of just being on YouTube, making videos are just huge. And it's, it's almost like you have to have that positive mindset and will these things into your life from the universe. You ought, you know what you want. Absolutely. It's putting yourself in the best position and doing the things to attract those opportunities with an open mind. Oh, absolutely. Everything's based on faith. It really is. It's either like which path are you choosing faith or fear? And I think the the major blockage within us all is we have a an idea that nugget, and it's the next thought after it is then the success or the failure. It's okay, you've got that idea, you've got that excitement. Then is it? Oh no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you, it's not the right time. Or are you going to say, do you know what? Pete and Jennifer look like it's having fun. I'm going to get on YouTube. What have I got to lose? You know, and then it ends up being, oh, this person finds you or this TV show finds you. Or it's all of, it's that path of, am I going to go down faith or fear? Yeah, absolutely. This has been, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for this. Um, Guys, I hope, oh, actually tell people how they can find you before we actually, before we go the podcast and everything. Okay, sure. So if you are on YouTube watching, if you type in Mama Furfer, you'll find my face. You'll also find the podcast in video format on the Mama Furfer channel. Or if you search The Prosperity Project, you will find us on Audible, everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, you name it, we're there as well. Um, And I have a website called mamafurfer.com. You can check me out there as well. Excellent. Thank you so much for this. So guys, I hope you found this interesting as a conversation. I hope it gives you a spring and a step on your Monday morning listening to this or whatever day it is that you're listening to this during the week. I would love to hear from you guys on IG or wherever it is that you follow me to see, you know, what you might have taken from this. I think this year is a really big year. People are trying to aspire to work towards their own aspirations and their own goals. I think the most important thing here is trying to venture into something that you will enjoy that gives you fulfillment. My journey has been amazing. And to be able to sit here, have this conversation with Jen, having researched her channel to be a catalyst to get me on YouTube to make everything that's happened to me possible right now almost feels like full circle. I just want to encourage you, if you've got something that you want to do, it's in your mind, it's in your gut, you've got that thing that's telling you to do it, 
do the research that is required, but ultimately trust your gut. Your gut is most of the time right. Just have some faith and just really believe in yourself and take the plunge. You've got nothing to lose at the, at the end of the day. You've got everything to basically gain. So I hope that helps this week, today, tomorrow, in a month's time, whenever you listen to this. But remember, money is a tool, life is for living. This part is all about getting you tools to live the life that you essentially want. I will chat to you next Monday. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.